Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Mark 7. And uh, before we start reading, let's let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today and thank you for your word. I thank you for the way that you, even though you're the creator of the world, you took time out. You know what we need and we need to have your word available to us. We need to understand on a daily basis what you want, what you are, who you are, and how we can understand you more fully. And your Bible is that source. Besides for your Holy Spirit who teaches us, your Bible is the Word, and the Word was flesh, and the Word was God, and he was with God. So, Father, I just praise you for this, and I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds. I pray, Holy Spirit, for you to guide us as we read. May our spirits, may our our hearts be receptive and prepared for your message. I pray everything would be from you and nothing from me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, here in Mark 7, there's a lot here, and uh, we'll just get into it in a second. But then we're going to, we have some commentary from from uh, Tozer. And we also have, in his commentary, it's it goes on for uh, verse 37, but he talks about when people are feeling attacked, when they're feeling like there's a problem and that they have nowhere to turn. And it's interesting because Psalm 3 that we pray that we'll pray today is about the same thing. So it's, it's awesome how God brings things together. So verse one, the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they, unless they gave their hands a ceremonial washing holding to the tradition of the elders. When they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why do your disciples live according to the tradition, or why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right about you when he prophesied, You hypocrites, as it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your own tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles him. 
After he had said this, after he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? He asked them. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into the heart, but into the, into their stomach, and when they, and then out of their body. In saying this, Jesus declared, all food clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. We read this before. It's, it's, it's in another one of the Gospels. But really, it's the bottom line is our hearts. And we've seen this throughout Genesis. We saw it throughout Isaiah. We've seen it through the Gospels. We've seen it in Acts. God is looking at our hearts. He's not necessarily looking at the physical. He looks at our spiritual being. And he, that's where he's focused. That's where the concern is. It's about what are we truly like? Verse 24, Jesus left the place and went to the, to, to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. I.e., let the Jews eat first. Let the Jews first be healed and cured. And then we'll let the Gentiles. Lord, she said, even the dogs under the table eat the children's scraps. When he told her, oh, Then he told her, for such a reply you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her daughter lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said, Ephephoth, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He was, he, amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So it's interesting, and I, I wonder if it's based upon faith and levels of faith, but, or just the th ideas people have, because he didn't even have to go and touch the daughter to heal her. Yet with the blind and mute man, he had to go and touch him, or he did touch him, let's say, say it that way. So I wonder how that all plays out in the way that God works in our lives. 
Is it a matter of our faith? Is it a matter of our perspective and expectations? You know, those people expected to have to be touched, that he would have to touch them maybe. I don't know. It's interesting. Anyway, so A.W. Tozer actually has two different pieces here about Mark 7, verse 37, where it says, People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Tozer writes, is your blood pressure running high? Are you worried? Maybe you don't know what to do and you think nobody else knows. Well, I have news for you. He that is perfect in knowledge is with you and he knows. If you'll trust him, he'll bring, out all, you'll, he'll bring you out all right. He is perfect in knowledge and will lead you through. And when you come out, you will know that everything God, everything God did was right. He has done everything well. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God's dealing with you is right? Maybe the person you married didn't turn out to be the angel that you thought. Well, God knows all about you. And he knows that even if, you, even if it was a mistake, it is a mistake that God can overrule. God can take nothing and make something out of it. God can take your mistakes and polish those mistakes. Have you heard the story about the beautiful, beautiful cathedral window that was vandalized? Some children threw pebbles at it, and it was cracked all over. They sent for one of the finest artists in the land and said, What can you do? He said, Leave it to me. And he went to work with his fine chisels and began cutting the glass. He made artistic lines wherever there was a break, turning each crack into a beautiful thing. When it was over, the sun shone in on one of the most beautiful pieces of, the, of art glass in the world. Because God can take our messed up lives, he can take our mistakes, and he can turn them into something beautiful. I know just from personal experience with my parents, their marriage was not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. There was a lot of issues there. At one point, my mother left my dad, and there was just all sorts of chaos. But the two of them turned their lives over to God completely. And at the end of their lives, they were both thrilled and honored to have spent it with each other. He turned a messed up piece of glass, a broken window, into something beautiful. But it was because they turned it over to him, the right artist. You then have A.W. Tozer writing in his reflections or thought, just as his thoughts about things. He has it in his book of, of God and men, which is an incredible book. It's one of those books you have to read and then you have to reread the paragraphs because sometimes it's just so deep that it just yeah, takes me three or four readings of a paragraph, which is why it takes me a long time to get through the Tozer books. He writes, an earnest Christian woman sought help from the German mystic Henry Suso concerning her spiritual life. She had been imposing rigid austerities upon herself in an effort to feel the sufferings that Christ had felt on the cross. Things weren't going so well with her, and Suso knew why. The old saint wrote his spiritual daughter and reminded her that our Lord had not said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up my cross and follow me. He had said, let him take up his cross. There is a difference of only one small pronoun, but that difference is vast and important. 
Crosses are all alike, but no two are identical. Never before nor since has there been a cross experience just like that endured by the Savior. The whole dreadful work of dying which Christ suffered was something unique in the experience of mankind. It had to be so if the cross was to mean life for the world. The sin, the sin bearing, the darkness, the rejection by the Father were agonies peculiar to the person on the, of the holy sacrifice. To claim any experience remotely like that of Christ would be more than an error. It would be sacrilege. Every cross was and is an instrument of death, but no man could die on the cross of another. Each man died on his own cross, hence Jesus said, let him take up his cross and follow me. You know, sometimes we impose things upon ourselves. I find I, I impose things on myself that really don't need to be done. I don't need to say things a certain way. I don't need to behave a certain way. I don't need to be down on myself in a certain way. But I do it because I see someone else or I listen to someone else. The reality is, is when I get to know God more closely and I hear his voice, I understand what my cross is more. I understand what I need to work on or don't work on. It's one of those things that as I get to know God further, I understand that really what he wants me to do is love him with all my heart and all my soul and all my being and love my neighbors. And that's the the ultimate element. My heart, as it changes, will show that change. It won't, you know, I don't have, I don't have to focus on just not swearing or not doing this or that. As my heart changes for him, all of that falls into place. Doesn't mean that I just keep doing it until someday it happens. It just means that my cross is unique and my need and the way I love God will be unique also. But that ultimately, that's what I have to focus on is the honor of serving him and loving him with my whole being and then loving you and my neighbors as myself. So with that, let's go ahead and close up with prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the fact that you love me and I'm just a guy. You know me and I'm just nobody. So Father, I lift up this day. I lift up this reading to you and just pray that you're honored and glorified by it. That the people who hear it would hear your voice. They would gain your wisdom and your insight. And that you would be truly the one who's honored. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.